Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout, which is now part of the High Productions family. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And this week I am joined by the incredibly talented Dominic Applewhite. Drama School Dropout. No graduation day for you. Drama School Dropout. Hello. Hello. What a lovely introduction. Thank you. It's all good. How's life? Yeah, life is, I mean, the sun is shining. Uh, things are starting to, things, uh, I live in London and, and things have technically been open for about, um, I think it's a couple of weeks. I lose track of time these days, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, things are looking up. Basically. Hopefully. Um, I'm just waiting for them to say that we can go back to the theatre. That's all I'm waiting on. I know, right? I know. Come it's on, Nicola. <laughs> so what I like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast, and I'm hoping that your answer is going to be a little different to this after I done my research, or as I like to call it, legal stalking, because I found out <laughs> that you studied music at Oxford. I did, yeah. I did. So how did you get into acting and what was your first role? So actually, I was a... Um, what they call a child actor <laughs> which uh yeah um so basically my my parents uh were actors they both they both went to drama school and then they had uh they had me and um so I was like basically from a very young age I was like surrounded by um uh you know theatre people um and um then when we moved to uh you know because of you know um parents having different jobs and stuff my mum found this place called the the Jackie Palmer um stage school which is which is if you if you know it like there's there's quite a few well-known people who've come out of it so like James Corden Aaron Taylor Johnson over the years those are the people that I know I think there's a few more but I don't want to say in case I get it wrong <laughs> um but yeah basically it's uh it's got quite um it's quite quite a good reputation in the industry and they had a as well as classes after school they had a, an agency attached to it um, and so, yeah, like I, I, the good thing is, you know, if you're in the classes, you get on the agency as well. And so basically I started going to, to professional auditions when I was, I think my first one, when I was 11, nearly 12. And the first job that I got was on a, the first kind of professional job was, was on a, um, a music video for the band Ash, which was so cool. I mean, like I think I'm a, I'm a 12 year old and I'm uh, basically what was going I think you can find it on YouTube if 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 you look hard enough it's a uh it's it's like basically a bunch of kids playing war in a forest and they had like real explosions and uh they had you know like kind of surplus military gear and like making um they had like stick guns which I still have and yeah that was like my first experience of, of a professional film set and stuff and I was like, oh my goodness me. But before that, really, like I just I'd always wanted to be an actor because I think, I mean, I don't really know why. It's just always it's, you just know, don't you? Like I it was just I'd never really considered um I'd never really considered anything else. And my parents as well, like, you know, you, you, you hear stories about child actors of like quite pushy parents. And my parents were the complete opposite of that. I mean, they were just like, you know, follow what you want to do and we'll, yeah. and, we'll and we'll support you, which is which I'm very lucky for, really. Um, and basically it kind of took off from there. So I, I was was lucky. My teachers at school were very generous um, in allowing me every so often to, you know, 
take off the, the the agency would try and get auditions you know after school but because I didn't live in London at the time I would have to go and I'd also have to get a chaperone so so one of my parents would have to take me there or, or they'd, they'd arrange something if my parents couldn't do it like so yeah as I said like I'm, I'm very lucky that that was my situation I, I got some quite nice jobs when I was younger one of them was the in-betweeners which at the time was called baggy trousers um, love that I know, I think it's after the Madness song, I think. But then, yeah, it's the first series was filmed as Baggy Trousers. And obviously, like, I'm, I think I'm 13 at the time. I had no idea how, how big that was going to be. Yeah, just that became like a, you know, they got three series out of that. So I, so I did some of those. But yeah, basically, yeah, this is a long way of saying, you know, if I went to uni to do music, I also really wanted to go to Oxford, which is another thing was like, I just wanted to do that for as long as I, as I remember. And so... There was all, all this stuff. I was like, oh my God, this is really, really cool. But also I really wanted to get good A-levels and, and you know, so that I could go to Oxford. Have a backup plan. Yeah, do you know, like some people say that. It, it was it was always, this is why I say, like, I don't really think, want to think too much about my motivations for things when I was younger. I always wanted to go to Oxford, but I also really wanted to be an actor. And I think part of it was that I knew quite a lot of British actors had taken that route. So like they'd gone to Oxford and they'd maybe done the drama society there and then, that had been their thing. And I think because also I was very academic. So I sort of fancied myself doing that, <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> which is again, like, uh, it's a bit, it was a bit ambitious at that time, but it's, I'm doing all right so far. Um, and I mean, uh, I, I looked at your IMDB page and I, I don't think you're struggling. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, maybe you might be, who knows? <laughs> no, well, it's, it's just, um, it's, you know, it's good to, it's allowed me to take quite a, I guess, quite pragmatic attitude to, to the whole industry. Cause I realized like, there's just no one way of doing anything. I mean, yeah, I went to, a, I did my degree, but then, you know, it, it hasn't, it, there's not like a steady ladder of, of careers, you know, like yeah. I had one really big job and then I didn't work for a while and then the pandemic happened. Fun. Uh, and then, uh, I know. Right. And then, um, yeah. Uh, I, I managed to get a, um, a nice um, uh, job just now. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But it's, it's nice to, um, I don't really know what I'm saying. To you. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's, it's so um, lovely to hear that people yeah. are getting work at the moment, though, because like, obviously, we're still in a pretty strict lockdown in Scotland. We open up on Monday and there's like my friend who I went to college with and then uni. He's currently filming his short film because I dropped out of uni. Mm. <laughs> hence the title of the podcast um (laughs) and like i was genuinely like we were just on facetime the other day because he's stage managing the show that i'm producing and he was just telling me about all of the different things that he's got to do because of covid while he's Mm. filming this well i was just wondering so have you been rehearsing your your play over zoom or have you managed to do so we started it we started writing before the pandemic hit um, and we took maybe a year to write that. And it, at the beginning, it was a lot of FaceTime and it was really difficult. And then we were like, right, let's just form a bubble when we were allowed. And we got together and we just wrote. And then in January, in December, actually, when lockdown was eased, I was like, let's do a rehearsed reading to raise money to put on the actual show in a theatre. So we got a cast from all different, like we stretched from Glasgow to like London, Huddersfield. We had a cast of like just amazingly diverse actors um well diverse in location and accents and things and we put that on online that was on youtube it was four pound a ticket so now we've cast it for the show in glasgow we 
are waiting to do the promotional photo shoot, which we are doing on the 16th of May. Fingers crossed everything goes well because we can meet up to six people and it's a five-person cast. Mm. So, yeah, hopefully. And then we've sort of said the first table read will be over Zoom. The show's not until next April. We'll do a table read in August, maybe over Zoom. And then in maybe December, get an in-person table read, start rehearsals in January. So fingers crossed. It's just, it's so crazy that the way that this whole pandemic has literally just flattened our industry. Yeah, it's very, it's very sad as well. I mean, hopefully it's made people realise that that the arts aren't just a kind of add-on to, to uh, like culture. They're like quite an integral they bring uh, so much money into the economy every year. But there's that as well, but also like and on a kind of whatever the word culture means, like on a cultural yeah. level, like there's so many different, you know, outside of, um, you know, you have the kind of big money musicals and everything, but but like across the across the um, the country, there's so many different shows that go on and and um, and you know appealing to like so many different different audiences, and it's it's just it's uh, of course you also have like the the, the um, film and tv industry as well so like that's a whole other part of it which everyone um, turned on when we went into the pandemic but then, exactly, like, exactly no all actors need to get real jobs but where's my episode of eastenders tonight <laughs> was like make your mind yeah. up karen i know i know yeah. um but that actually is a really nice segue into my next question so if we were following the government's advice which we're not going to and we were going to retrain mm-hmm. and get a job maybe in cyber like Fatima. If you could pick oh, wow. anything in the world to retrain as, obviously you're not mm-hmm. going to, what would you want to retrain as? God, that's a, that's a good question. Um, no, like education, uh, like you don't, like you don't have to worry. I haven't got a degree for that. Like literally dream yeah. job other than in the entertainment industry. Do you know, I think I'd want to be, oh, well, that's so hard. That's so hard. Well, so I've done some teaching when I when I haven't done uh, when I haven't had a had a, an acting job and I love that like working with young people is is so cool you learn so much as a as a teacher I, I hesitate saying this because because teachers have also had it very rough this pandemic and I feel yeah. like if I'm going oh yeah I'd love to be a teacher it's kind of it's kind of romanticizing that but um I mean what the hey it's that's the question I think I would I think I would want to do uh, something where like I'm 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 like a teacher or like some kind of uh, something where I'm, I'm working with young people and yeah, along that vibe. What about yourself? Um, what would you do? So my favorite thing about acting is telling stories. Like I like to do like, like as, as dickheady as it sounds, like I like to tell real people's stories or like I like mm. to reflect upon a f- group of people and tell their stories. So like the play that I'm currently, that we just wrote is about a family who live on a council estate and their grandma comes back who has dementia, who they haven't seen in 20 years. Mm. So I think I would like to stick within storytelling, but maybe like editing, like, so like a book editor, like I got to read people's oh, books okay. and then like tell them like notes and things. Cause I'm also like, yeah. like I like telling people that they're wrong. <laughs> so maybe i could like (laughs) dibble into that like well if you take it this way um it might Uh be so yeah i think i'd go with like book editor and like cool because i'm like a massive reader anyway so like i'd be basically doing what i'm already doing but for money nice 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 yeah well i do some um i've done some uh film editing before which is slightly different um and i and i absolutely love that um i guess that's uh 
to me, that's still an arts industry, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sort of jumping from the world of theatre to literature, so I'm sort of cheating the system, but if I was going normally, like... I feel like a book like editor is... A holiday rep? Like, I like to get drunk and part, like, something like, <laughs> something stupid like that. Um, but yeah, we were, oh. we were talking about your IMDB page, and the the things that are on there are really impressive um so you've got like the in-betweeners which I, I really want to talk about in a minute the king's speech the crown sex education all all of like these massive productions and especially when you look at things like uh the king's speech and the crown those are like massively iconic british actors that are in and production crew like peter morgan and things like that mm. massively iconic has there been a massive like what the fuck moment like how has this happened Oh yeah, the, when this, well, first of all, all the time, like any time yeah. someone who is done incredible work before, like um, I, I, I get, I get very nervous. Um, but the first time was, I think I was uh, fourteen when I did the King's Speech, and they did a. Uh, I was asked to come in for a um, for a read through, and I thought, oh wow, I'm going to meet Jeffrey Rush because I knew Jeffrey Rush was was playing my uh, was playing my dad. And yeah, uh, that was when I, uh, so we got into, yeah, as, as I said, like you have to have a chaperone when you're under 16. Um, I think yeah. it's under 16. Yeah, I think it's yeah. 16. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, if you're, if you're under 16 in acting, you need a chaperone. So I was with my chaperone and we went into, um, we went into the lift and there was like a, someone on production was in there as well. And, and, and she had her, um, what do you call it? Walkie talkie. She's like, oh yes, no, we're just, we're just waiting for Michael Gambon or something. Oh wow, Michael Gambon's there as well. Oh my goodness, okay. I think my heart would have fell out my ass. <laughs> no, right. Dumbledore. And so yeah, basically uh, it is like, it was like a movie because the, the, the double lift doors opened and you were in like there was this really long table and just all of the the stars of the king's speech were there and i sort of just, <laughs> just i like shrank. i hold helena bonham carter <laughs> up there like one of my favorite actresses oh, yeah. ever yeah. i think like even if i was in a room and somebody said 10 minutes ago helena bonham carter was here i think i'd pass out so like Maybe yeah. I'm in the wrong industry because if I ever like touch wood, fingers crossed, if I do get to work with some of these people, I don't know how I'd act. Well, the thing, what was so nice about that was it was like a everybody was just. I, I read somewhere recently actually that the, the the great thing about acting is that in a way, even though like you know role sizes are different, and you know if you get on like the really big stuff, the the pay packages are are, are vastly different as well. Um, but in a way, the in terms of the that the structure of it, everybody is kind of equal because it's you know once even the big stars audition for stuff, yeah, um, and and you know you're all really self-employed and you're all employed on this one gig and then after that's gone you're you're unemployed again. Um, Going so, down the door. Could you imagine Helena Bonham Carter at the yeah. door office? <laughs> that, I, I want to see that. That that would be quite iconic. What was what was nice about this about this thing is that um, everybody introduced themselves to me. I mean, of course, like I'm 14, you know, you, uh, I'm not going to be like, hi, I'm Tom, hi, hi. <laughs> um, but but everybody introduced themselves to me as like, you know, Colin first, like, oh, hi, I'm Colin. And in my head, I'm like, I know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but people understanding that what's important is that personal relationship, personal working relationship. And it was quite a, it was quite, a, um, obviously, because I remember it, but it was, it was quite a big moment for me in terms of realizing, you know, what it is like 
to to be an actor in a cast in a group cast yeah um, and what's and what those people value which is that you know camaraderie i mean obviously not everybody you do hear you do hear stories about people who are kind of divas yeah and uh, and, and they don't um uh but but by and large like people just want to get on and people want to people want to be treated as you know just another cast member um and so yeah that that was like a really nice memory but you mentioned it very briefly um before the in-betweeners so that's sort of how i was introduced to you and still like it's still a massive I'm going to call it this. I think people may disagree. Cultural phenomenon for Britain. So what was it like filming the in-betweeners and stuff? Because you had like crackers of lines. I did, yeah. I did. I'm very grateful for Ian Morris and Damon Beasley for for writing such a wonderful character. <laughs> um, it was, uh, yeah, I mean... I, I'm sure you can imagine being a, a team. I think altogether, I maybe had about uh, two weeks altogether on the three on the three series. Maybe even I think even less than that. Maybe maybe a week, um, because like you know, they're, they're, it's a lot of them are just one liners. A lot of them are just yeah. in and out. Um, but I think it's spaced over about six episodes. So in terms of my experience on set, it was quite a fleeting experience. Like I would obviously the first series everybody's new and everybody's getting to know each other but then second series I was coming back and I was like everybody at school knows what this is and everybody is going to watch this series so it was a completely different it was a completely different attitude coming towards it and yet everybody again as I said a minute ago yeah everybody's on set like, oh hello, yeah no, oh, great oh doing another one of these so I kind of felt like coming in onto something which I wasn't I wasn't involved in from the beginning if that makes sense in a nice way like not in a way that I was like oh, I don't feel welcome here more in a way like I this is really cool oh yes actually I was in the first season <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was it was weird but like in the best way and also I remember third series I think we were filming the the last episode when Simon finds out that his family's moving to Swansea I had my religious studies exam uh that week and in between takes i was um <laughs> i i had i brought my textbook and i was like oh yeah okay so this is the this is the theory on the existence of god blah 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 blah, blah. you know everybody's kind of joking about that yeah it was it, i mean that was kind of i was quite used to that at that point like you know just juggling uh juggling school and work so like you said you were in school when that was like being filmed and things did you become like mm. a little bit of a like celebrity within school like oh he's in the in-betweeners because like it was a massive thing like i probably yeah. shouldn't have been watching it when i was watching it i think i watched it when I was like 12 <laughs> like which realistically right, right. shouldn't have been what but i like like no <laughs> nobody phoned social services on my parents i like grew up watching like Catherine tate show <laughs> two pints of lager and a packet of crisps um in between right, us right. uh, balls of steel if anyone remembers that like i grew up watching television that i shouldn't have been watching so um uh -huh. yeah did you become like a celebrity within school yeah i mean uh I don't know about celebrity, but certainly I was that kid from the in-betweeners. I mean, on on my on my Leavers hoodie, it said Simon's brother. Um, That's amazing. That was just that was what I was. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was nice. Um, I think if I was prone to any uh, teasing, uh, it it stopped people from doing that. So 
I was I was lucky in that regard. What I also like to ask a lot of the people that come on the podcast is if you could do a two-man show or a two-person show on the West End with anyone in the world, no financial like restrictions. So you're doing an hour-long two-person show in the West End. Who would you want to do it with? Oh man, there's so many people. Um, I would be. Oh, I actually, I, I feel if I if I say anyone, oh man, who would yours be? Every time Catherine Tate. Catherine Tate. Okay. Okay. Like I, I love like I grew sort of, like what I said. I grew up watching TV that I shouldn't have watched. So like Little Britain, Catherine Tate. But Catherine Tate has always been somebody that I like adore. And then yeah. maybe in a different format, it would have been J.K. Rowling, but we're not really allowed to like her anymore. Sure. So yeah. like, yeah, every time Catherine Tate or maybe Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, I see. So hang on. So it doesn't have to be an actor. It can be. Oh well, I like. I was thinking if it was sort of like an in conversation show, J.K. Rowling. Um, but like right. if I'm doing like an acting show, every time Catherine Tate or maybe Whoopi Goldberg, if she's free. Man. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg was doing the was doing the um, sister was she act. Meant to be doing sister act. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was so gutted because they were 180 quid a ticket, and then she's cancelled. That was last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I know you want an answer for this. Um, I'm going to say, okay, so one of the best things that I watched over lockdown um, was uh, I May Destroy You. And I'm thinking and if I could do anything that Michaela Cole has written, oh. like, that would be Why didn't I think amazing. Just, but I was, you see, I'd be like, I can't, like, I can't match up to your, to your writing. <laughs> because it's so clever and like yeah yeah i mean that was there's very few shows that i've watched um where they make me scream at the tv so um i always like to play a little game with everyone that comes on the podcast and it's called stage right or stage shite so I've got three theatre drama school stories. Uh, one of them is a lie and two are the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. They're submitted by listeners and the lie is submitted by our producer, Heather. I don't know which one's which, so we can play along together. So I'm going to read them out to you now. Number one, while I was trying to get an agent, I accidentally attached a topless photo to an email instead of a headshot and didn't realise until after the fact. I never heard back from that agency, and now I always triple-check triple attachments. Then number two, I was doing some theatre on a cruise ship when I was 20, and after a show one night, an elderly lady who came to see the show most nights sent a bouquet of flowers to my dressing room. With the flowers was a copy of her cabin key and a handwritten note telling me I was the most gorgeous boy she had ever seen and that I was welcome to drop by her cabin any time. And number three... After I graduated from drama school, I ended up doing a pantomime with some pretty famous actors. Well, B-list actors. One night after the show, there were literal children waiting to collect their autographs by the stage door. And one of them just stood there with a couple members of the ensemble smoking joints and completely ignoring the kids. Gosh, all of those are excruciating. And I hope. I hope they're all true. (laughs) (laughs) Two of them are true. Goodness. Um, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say the first one, the the topless photo, just 
I hope that one's not true, actually. I I hope it's not true. That would be so embarrassing. That's what happens most of the time on this game. You don't care if you're right. You just hope that that one's the lie. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to check. Yeah, it was number one. We got it right. Thank goodness. I'm so glad that didn't happen. Thank you so much for coming on genuinely like i said i grew up watching you on the in-betweeners and things like that so I, I always love to like chat to people that i've grown up with sort of grown up with it's a really weird statement to say but i'm gonna roll with it um yeah so thank you so much for coming on it's been such a pleasure and i can't wait to see what you do next thank you ingram it's a pleasure see you later and there we have it another episode of drama school dropout completed thank you so much to dominic for coming on and being one of the best guests i genuinely had such an amazing time and thank you as per usual to all of you guys for listening in at home every week this podcast would be nothing if you didn't tune in every week and if you're not already please subscribe to drama school dropout so that you can get all of the new episodes as soon as they hit the podcast shelves and if you're feeling generous please scroll down and leave us a little rating and a review it really helps the podcast and it fuels my fantasy of being massively famous as per usual, if you've got any stories for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com and maybe your story will be featured on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening in, guys. It genuinely, it means the absolute world. And I'll be back next week with one of my favourite Scottish actresses. I'll be chatting to Sabrina Mandalu. So please come back, same time, same place, next week for another dose of Drama School Dropout. <laughs> Drama school dropout No graduation day for you Drama school dropout Thought your whole course, now try something new Drama school dropout